Boom of the Old Man Owns Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And before we get too far into the show, I just wanted to say our second uh, show, Octorock Talk, the one I do with James, is currently up on its own channel. Uh, I don't have it on all the platforms yet. I have it on Spotify and I have it on Podbean. And I think maybe it's on um, Audible, but I gotta double check that. Still, just going checking all the boxes through Podbean. But yeah, just got that one up and going. So yeah. you got on iTunes? Not iTunes yet. No, I just gotta go through that. It's yeah. I, I look at the thing and I realize, oh, I gotta create a web uh, something on iTunes over there first. Uh, okay, so you know, just that kind of fun stuff. As fun as that's <laughs> as fun as that is to talk about on the first five minutes of the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's like doing the Pandora one. It's just like you have to create like a weird Pandora account and so on. It's like well, this seems like fucking effort. Does anybody even listen to podcasts on Pandora? I've never heard that in my entire life. I don't know if I'm doing the Pandora one. We'll find out. I'll do the iTunes one, but I gotta think. I think I gotta make a profile for that first. So we'll circle back to that when we do. But right now, I think most people I know listen to podcasts on Spotify or like, you know, iTunes is a big one. But I feel like more people listen on Spotify. Yeah, because iTunes is you're selected just a, a certain demographic only. But but yeah, we should go check out Octorock Talk. Is it just under Octorock Talk by itself? Nothing. Yeah. Octa Rock Talk, yeah, just Octa Rock Talk, and uh, me, and my friend James, just kind of, it's sort of like a little bit of a, it's different from, I don't know, it's kind of similar to Old Man Orange, but it's kind of different. I feel like different co-hosts, different show, not to be like, not like trying to do like um, backdoor thing, like it's a secret show, Spencer can't know about it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like one of those ones. Like it's just like Old Man Orange, but completely different. It, it's more like you know, well, James, he's a little bit more. I feel like here. We're, we will talk about things, but any opportunity to, like, kick in a joke, we'll do it. We're there, it's more of just a casual kind of conversation, and usually a joke might slip in, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. Yeah, well, I, don't know. I, I always get that point where, like, you'll be on somebody else's podcast, and you get, like, that moment to throw a joke in, and then you some there's some people out there that just like, well, your joke isn't the same with everybody, I guess. <laughs> Especially if they're oh, people from, yeah, like, other yeah. countries sometimes. I mean, I don't have to... Say it, but every once in a while, it's just like, oh, maybe that joke doesn't fly past America, I guess. I <laughs> you have to keep that in mind sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, today we decided, it's like, hey, you know what? Since we ain't getting no 007 coming out, you know what I mean? Because, you know, it's supposed to be 007 always comes out for my birthday. It's just like one of those ones England's always like, Spencer, we know you're far away from, like, the motherland, so here, have some 007 on your birthday. Cool. But this year they're like, fuck it. There ain't enough people to sell movies to anymore. <laughs> we're, we're holding out. Daniel well, Craig himself came into a, a theater seeing like only 20 pit people in the, in the screening for Tenet. He's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I feel it's like Daniel Craig and the producers and all these guys probably walked in and be like, we will never make our money back. No, even if the movie theater was open 24-7, there's no way we're going to make that money. You know what I mean? Just like lock it up. Never speak of it again. We'll just bury it. We'll open it up in 2035. <laughs> whenever it happens yeah and I, I we were thinking you know usually like you said sometimes it's it's summer spring but usually 007 movies come out in november and if not in november then at least on thanksgiving you get like a 007 marathon on one of three channels so yeah i i almost want to say that 007 movies have at least in our lifetime have always come out in november because i every single one of my birthdays that ever revolved around that it's like oh we're gonna go see fucking you know, Goldeneye, or we're going to go see Die Another Day, or we're going to go see Casino Royale. You know, this was like one wasn't of the first... Wasn't Casino Royale in, in like, spring? No, th- th- this this one was the first one where, like, it wasn't. I remember because they were like, oh, we're going to release it in March or whatever, that, or May or whatever the heck they were going with with the new 007. And then it was like, oh... You're right, it was November, my bad. Yeah. I was going to say, because every single one of them that's always been tied to my birthday, and then I was like... And then when they moved it, it was like, oh, perfect, okay, we're, we're back to normal schedule. None of this... No, that's fucking pulling a movie out in the wrong time period, and then it's like, oh well, never mind. We're back to oof. who knows? Could could be could probably be November next year, but whatever. Be November then, five years from now. We we have other 007 stuff out there, you know, that you always kind of sort of forget that exists in the you know the world. Like there's all these 007 comic books out there, you know, and so on. And we're like, well, fuck it. Let's just we'll read a 007 comic. It'll be kind of like having a new. Bond and just different, you know? One of those ones. Like, it's not the movie, but it's it's something else. And we decided with one of the Dynamite 007 ones, which really I was looking at this like, it sounds like the 
the title of it's like the worst title ever. It just says James Bond 007. It's like, well, well, which one do you mean? Well, no, that's what it's called, James Bond 007. Well, yeah, yeah, I know we're talking about a 007 movie, but which one? No, it's, it, it's just James Fleming's Bond. 007. Yeah, it does say that at the top, too. I guess that may help with the search, but... <laughs> it's one of those ones, like, it's well, weird to like have there's... one like, you, you don't got, like, a, a, a cool, like, side name like every other Bond movie has ever had in its entire life. No? I feel like, um... <laughs> Well, there's like there's another one. There's a couple other other like Bond uh, comics out there, and I think they're part of the same line. But I think they just started renumbering by this point because I, I want to say Warren Ellis was writing it for a while, and those ones I have no idea. I just was walking through a comic book store, saw it, I flipped it open, and I just saw it looked a lot more like grittier and um, more of like old school kind of uh, old school kind of like um, spy stuff. And then we got this one, and like, okay, this one, it's a tad bit violenter than what we see in the movies, but it's not that far away from what we got today. So this one is not the one I was thinking about, but it's still a really fun book. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, no matter what, comic books are mostly always more violent than, it, it, than like, you know, the movies in general. I think it's just when you see it in drawings, drawings just look more violent anyways than, you know, special effects. you got a moment to hold on it. Yeah, I think that's also has something to do with it, too. You know, and the, you know what the weird thing about this one was is the fact that like I was trying to figure out like what where this Bond was supposed to take place. Like, does it take place in the Daniel Craig universe? Does it take place in the classic 007 universe? Is it just its own thing? Like, where the hell? It like because it's got characters in it and so on, but it's also like Bond's sort of been doing this for a while all at the same time. Like, I, I felt like I was a little lost where this was supposed to be exactly placed, but maybe this is all tied in with you know some of the other comics too. Even though this one's numbered zero zero one. I feel like maybe it's tied into those ones, but this is like a world where it's just double, where it's just kind of like a hodgepodge of different stuff, and we're just waiting to drop these characters in there. Like, it's not really, we don't know yet, because movie's not out, but people think that um, the, the one coming out, No Time to Die, they think the bad guy might be a new updated version of Dr. No, but um, really don't know until the movie comes out. So this might be the kind of things, this movie does do a couple things like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, this one definitely has stuff going in. Like, I really like how the guy who's like carrying around like that, or like that explosive bag and so on at the very beginning. Like, he almost kind of looks like, almost like yourself if you were drawn in a comic kind of sort of. I mean, I know he's bumbling, so I don't, I don't, not not like Thank that. Thank you. But, Thank you for that. But you know, if you had short hair and you're walking around with your flannel on, and you know, I guess you get a Hawaiian shirt. That makes me just realize I gotta go back to the gym then. <laughs> well, I just I, I kind of hate all this. Starts at the very beginning. This guy like fucking trips. He's carrying the fucking wheelie roller bag, which isn't helping his cause. But <sighs> you know, you know the really cowardly terrorist with the roller bag. Yeah, <laughs> that looks like you. <laughs> I mean, like if you if you disinclude his like negative flaws and just took him as a character profile. <laughs> Negative flaws, as in all of his characteristics. <laughs> well, yeah, because this guy's just like bumbling through and just like in like this Korean nightclub or wherever they are, Thailand. I can't remember. They kind of jump does, around. He does seem like kind of this. As the story goes on, he does come across as this guy who's just a like. He's new to it. Like he 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 stumbled into being a terrorist. Like it wasn't his plan. He just like. They handed me this bag. They told me to go here and leave it. And people blew up. Like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I'm in it now. See, this, this literally sounds like, you know, to a cartoon show that, you know, ten people out there probably have seen that they're still alive. But, uh, like, good old 12 me when your character literally gets a fucking random job and is given the bag. That's almost like how this guy kind of feels. Like, hey, you want, kid, you want to make an extra thousand bucks? <laughs> Take this wheelie roller bag. That's, can you just put in a regular bag? No, no. Take the wheelie roller bag. Don't pick it up. Fucking pick it up. Put the <laughs> handle out and drag it behind you like the fucking bitch you are. Like, oh, jeez. Like, that's all. God, this, <laughs> this lady with the dragon tattoo thing going on, she's really mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just one of those ones. She's always beat me. Well, you're going to have to l learn to fucking work with her because you're the one carrying the fucking wheelie roller bag now. <laughs> well, as he goes on, because, you know, you see this guy cutting through a club and people are trying to stop him and then 007's waiting for him in the bar down below. And even though I know it's 007, I'm not used to seeing 007 in a comic. 
So the way he look, the way he looks, and the way he's drawn, I just keep on thinking of, of Bruce Wayne. I've always thought that whenever it's not a, whenever they don't they do a, a 007 comic where it's not based off a 007 actor, it never feels like it's Bond. It always feels like I'm kind of watching, yeah, like a Bruce Wayne where he never gets in the Batman suit story and uses a gun. Like that's what it always feels like. And I don't know if that's and like the go-to drawing. Like, like, well, uh, if we can't use the likeness, uh, well, I'll just make him look like Bruce Wayne. And as this goes on, we get this guy. He's like at the. He's at a poker play, uh, poker table, and he's watching the uh, Russian terrorist guy just trying to cut through, and he's just keeping his eye on him. And this loud Korean guy comes up and starts talking with him. And Bond, I almost said Bruce Bond, <laughs> is almost just trying to shoo him off and ignore him. And then as it goes on, he sees, like, oh, shit, he's with this lady now. That must be, like, his contact or something. And uh, from there, one second here. From there, Comixology's doing this thing where it fucking takes forever to load. Um, from there, that's where he starts chasing him. But then the other guy kind of stumbles, like, hey, man, where are you going? And they start fighting. He's like, oh, this guy's an agent. Yeah, and Bond kind of learns. It's like the whole point of the story is like Mr. Lee, the other the other agent. He's like Bond just really is like I don't like when there's another agent. I am the only one. Remember what happened to 008? Remember what happened to 003? Remember what happened to 006? Yeah, you fuck. I'm with 006. He was the bad guy in Goldeneye. But did we do you, 003 and 008? Were they in other books or movies? Well, <laughs> this is always. I can't remember if it was exactly what 00 number it is, but I think it's in um, Octopussy. At the very beginning, it starts off. There's a 00 agent, and he's dressed up like a fucking clown. <laughs> he's like running away from, <laughs> like you know, and then he just gets brutally murdered. It's just be like, oh, another double agent's down. Like he's like, please don't. Uh, Send my family, like, what I was doing beforehand. I was in a clown suit. And you're probably just going to lie. buried there. in that suit, open casket. <laughs> yeah, they're probably just going to make up a lie at MI6 because, you know, they can't say that he's a secret agent. They're like, oh, he, he was just in the clown fetish thing. So, uh, that's what happened. <laughs> we found him dressed like this with a belt around his neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and fucking two dildos strapped to him like fucking nunchucks. I, I am not questioning what he was doing with them. Anyway, just like M just th- throws him into the casket. Right. He was okay. a hero who died for his country. <laughs> died for something. I don't know what. Because <laughs> that's the thing is, you know, if you fucking die here, you're not getting that fucking hero's fucking like funeral because they're like, well, we can't speak of you. You know what I mean? like being in the CIA, you know, you're going to do a bunch of shit, and uh, it's going to be good for the nation, but nobody's going to know about it. Not even your grandma's going to know about it. Can't tell her. You know how, mo- you know how much she talks. Well, <laughs> She's like a yappy old bitch. She don't have a whole lot to do. Yeah. <laughs> shit. She's going to get on her fucking CB radio and fucking let everybody know. It's 1981. <laughs> but, um... Well, as this whole... As, as uh, the guy is, um... Mr. This Lee. agent, this guy named... Yeah, I'm not sure if they say his name by this point, but Lee, yeah, as he basically gets away, Bond is getting over to his car, calling um, Penny, and from there, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me see if I can pull anything up on this guy, and we see he's pulling at a bowler cap. I'm like, oh, shit, is this fucking odd job? Well, it's weird, because then it's like, you know, you get kind of the next one, they, they talk about, like, odd job back. See, this is where it, like, always throws me off, like, where this is supposed to take place. It's like, they're like, odd job, 35 years ago, like, you know, and it shows him, like, fucking bitch slapping this guy around and whatnot. An old double O agent back in the day. Yeah, it's probably the fucking, he's like, oh, shit, they're gonna bury me in the clown suit if I get killed here. <laughs> 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 that's, that's the only thing going through. That's the highlight of M's day. <laughs> M gets to choose, like, well, you know what? We lost an agent, but the best part is sending the note to their family saying some ridiculous fucking thing. Like, this one we found in, like, the uh, in the bathroom stall of a train station. <laughs> yeah, he, he just loves writing those fucking backstories on, like, the obituary. <laughs> Had his licks, lips duct taped to a glory hole. He was dedicated. What can we say? Like, M, is that necessary? This is the one fucking joy I get. 
Yeah, exactly one of those ones. But uh, so it's like you kind of learn that Mr. Lee is, was Mr. Lee like his son, or is he? I mean, he's obviously like related, or is he just like a trainee of Odd Job? I'm assuming he's either his son or a trainee because they just call the guy. Um, he is like he has the same fighting style because there's this um, guy who rolls in a wheel, wheelchair who was a double O back in the day, and he didn't die to him, but he got his back broken to him. And yeah. he's all saying he, he, like he got like the Bane Batman treatment. He did, and he his <laughs> I think his name is Edmund, Agent Edmund or something, or Edmondson. And his whole thing is I'm wondering what they do here. This is just me guessing. I don't even know if, because I'm not even fully committing to this guess. But there's that theory that like uh, James Bond <laughs> is a code name that's passed down from agent to agent to agent. Mm-hmm. So maybe. That's something with this right here, and maybe that's the same thing with Odd Job. But who knows? I'm assuming this is just a guy that Odd Job trained. I think they just wanted to get away in there to here's OG Odd Job, and here's like updated Odd Job. Yeah, and I, I was almost thinking that's kind of like what it was. They were trying to tie it around there because I always thought that 007 thing. I feel like that's when somebody thinks a little too hard on a movie. Be like, it's, it's a fucking movie, just. It's like Batman, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I, I, in my mind, I look at Batman and I go, "There's a 78 year old man right there," but he can look like he's you know 42. <laughs> that, that, that's just it just kind of comes together that way. I don't question it too hard, you know what I mean? I just kind of look at like Batman and 007 as this. You're viewing it through a lens. It's basically the same story, but it's a lens that alters as time goes on. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like the Simpsons. Just, you know, Bart's always ten years old. But that's kind of how I view it. So, but he can be in the different music genres as time goes on. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can only imagine Bart's in a SoundCloud rappers now or something. God, who knows? He probably was. I, I just remember the good old days when he was into like you know heavy metal and the, the Spinal Tap boys. I saw. I don't. I don't want to get a whole other like rant here, but I saw some newer Simpsons episodes. Like a couple random ones, mm-hmm. and what I saw was good. It maybe wasn't like you know season eight or season like nine or whatever, but yeah. it was still good. You know, well, I'm assuming there's probably some good episodes and so on. I just remember there was, it sounded weird, but there was just one point where I remember where like they changed Homer and Marge's like origin story to like they were like, oh, Homer and Marge they met in 1994, you know, and it was like the fucking Gen Xers. Yeah. yeah, and that that to me was like I was almost like you lost me already. Now now like I, and it says it sounds so weird. I would have kept their 1970s origin even as time goes on. I like and just don't fucking worry about the age. That's just that's just when it was. Like, you know what I mean? Don't don't question the dates. You know what I mean? It's, it's like when an old person tells you a story and it's not really lining up right. You just just keep let them keep going. You know, he, he's got somewhere to he's go. He's all he has stuff. by now. <laughs> yeah. So back to kind of like Bond and so, whatnot. Anyway, got, they're they're watching... Yeah, you you go on. I... Oh, he's just like, he broke my back and he killed all my friends. And then Bond's like, don't worry, I'll kill him. I'm like, M's like, fuck that guy in the chair. I don't give a shit about him. I need you to bring this asshole in alive. <laughs> yeah, M's probably like those ones like, I want this guy to die so I can bury him in a fucking mime outfit fucking laugh at him but no no he's literally been on workman's comp for the last 45 fucking years <laughs> rolling around in a pep. wheelchair at the fucking office sucking like british taxpayer dollars <laughs> this Talk is why brexit backfire we, we had to afford him him to wheel around his chair cost more than being part of like the european union <laughs> <laughs> All can do the taxes. Nobody wants you to do the fucking taxes. You're, you're a fucking old double O agent that. Just, well, why did you fucking die that this day? Asshole. So I can bury you in the goddamn mime costume. <laughs> Blame this asshole for Brexit. Shit. <laughs> just, I'm just throws everything. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, uh, the worst thing is, is a d- crippled double O agent that still rolls around your fucking office. <laughs> Well, he really should pay once because like, so once, once they get the double O, once they get that double O status, they still get a double O paycheck. So shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love how he's just sitting like in like the cafeteria and he's got one of those fucking like umbrella drinks and so on. We're like, oh, it's yeah, I know it's eleven thirty in the morning, but you know, I'm in a wheelchair. Who's gonna tell me I can't have a drink? <laughs> Some fucking tenure by this point. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they just put like you know it's for M just like jams like a broom between his two wheels. Can't yeah, fucking reach. Oh, you can't reach for it. That sucks. Just walks away. <laughs> it's the little things. For some reason, when he jams it in there, it just turns out like that scene in fucking Indiana Jones three. He just flips up and shoots in the air. <laughs> But um, after that, Bond goes down to talk to Q. And I almost like, because Q, even though he looks a little bit different, he kind of almost reminds me of, like, I read him like he was John Cleese Q. Because I always thought that was such a cool Q to have. And, I mean, he's only in technically, like, a movie and a half. But, um, like, John Cleese, I thought, they, I really wish they would have kept him even the Daniel Craig ones. Kind of like how they kept, like, M. It would have been cool if they'd mm-hmm. been like, hey, we're just going to keep John Cleese as well, too. Well, I also like he has a total Tom Selleck thing going on. Yeah, he's got that thick mustache. Yeah, he almost looks kind of like angry wartime, like, because Q, I always imagine him more as, like, kind of a, uh, kind of like, oh, I am the scientist, oh, yes, but this is, like, a hard nose, like, god damn it, you're breaking my fucking inventions. Well, shit, you put a pair of glasses on this guy, he'd be, like, your dad, just <laughs> walking around just, down there. <laughs> my dad has been coming up in every other episode, I was like, I, I see it, but I'm not gonna say, oh, you said it, okay. <laughs> Nothing about Donegan's dad, shit. <laughs> it was one of those ones. But yeah, I put glasses on him and it's there. Like, god damn it. And I just love how in the background, fucking... like, there, there's just like, you can tell it's probably the intern to fucking MI6. It's just like, there's nothing but some guy in fucking brutal pain in the background of this conversation between Bond and Q. There's this guy being lit on fire, another guy being shot with like an Uzi. Then, like, a third guy's getting electrocuted, and then his, like, body's being drugged out, be like, well, throw that by the dumpsters with the rest of them. <laughs> they serve their country well. Is two extra college credits worth it? <laughs> yeah. It's because most of there's always that one little scene where like, oh there's a guy there, but this one's just like, no, we, we go fucking hardcore on everybody here. It's the initiation. <laughs> you you said you wanted to work in Q division. <laughs> and then what's what country does he go to next? He goes to Indonesia. That's where he goes. Yeah. And that's where he bumps in with uh Lee again. And they're both keeping an eye out for... Because at first he doesn't know he's another agent. He just thinks maybe he's an assassin to fuck up his day. But then they get over to Indonesia, and then they see this uh, the Rush, the same Russian guy cutting through a crowd, and while trying to spot him, they spot each other. Like, ah, oh, shit, we gotta do this? So basically they're having this kind of, like, frenemy, kind of like, look, I got a job to do, I got a job to do too. Well, we got conflicting interests, so, so how are we gonna do this? And we learned that uh, the Russian basically has this bomb attached to him like and if he gets too far away from the bomb or if his heart rate stops the bomb goes off yeah and then there's also these these other soldiers i think somewhere in here explains it that they got this little like matrix like chip thing on the back of their neck that sends like dopamine like whenever they fall in order well and then like i think it like shocks them or makes them sick or something like that whenever they do they like misfollow in order so it's like they're they're very well obedient I think a Bond just even says, like, mm-hmm. he has, like, something he's like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter, I'm just gonna shoot him fucking anyways. <laughs> Bond don't give a shit. Like, I'll no. say, um, even though, uh, because they, they, I never read any of the original Bond books, but I hear that he's a lot more colder and a lot more, like, crueler in that. And this, he doesn't seem, like, that much colder, but he seems, like, a little colder than what he is in the movies. Yeah, well, because I think it also like, sort of depends. It's like, it feels like Sean Connery Bond is kind of like, he doesn't give a fuck. He just, like, you know, terrorize things up while still being kind of charming in the process. And Daniel Craig's kind of, like, in that similar one, where, you know, Roger Moore, I, I feel, th- kind of hits more of, like, the, the super classiness. I feel like uh, this particular version of Bond, it's like, if you want to just go off movies, he's a cross kind of between Sean Connery and um, Daniel Craig. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like, I mean, I'll say it's definitely in, like, the Daniel Craig kind of style, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it feels like it almost could have been, like, a script that they didn't use for, like, a Daniel Craig one. Mm-hmm. And at some point, he's, like, he's got that lady with him with this dragon tattoo on her arm. Mm-hmm. Let's just take her out. And you see that the uh, Lee is kind of protective of her. It's like, all right, this is going to come back around in some way. And <laughs> um, they're like, well, they're Asian. They must know each other. <laughs> you know everybody out here just they just happen to be happen to be fucking related or something like that like so that old imperialism like talking five, five sorry bond billion people over here and they just happen to know each other 
But as it goes on, we learn that, like, oh, she's an agent that got taken over by this corporate, this um, agency called Oro. Which, the, or Oro, is that what it was? Or, um, or you or something? Is it what like was it again? Oru? Oru? Wasn't Oru, that how they yeah. spelled it? Was, I think that's how they spelled it. It was that or O-R-O, one or the other. Um, is that an organization you know from the comic, from the from the books or anything? Not that I remember. I, I don't remember that in any of the, the books or the movies. Not saying that couldn't appear at some point and just kind of mm-hmm. spaces out on me, but, um. No, because I'll say, like, this book really, other than, like, you know, two kind of main characters for the most part, it's almost like one of those ones where it felt like, oh, this is, I think this is all kind of just super brand new stuff. I don't think it's anything that came from anywhere else. I mean, you never know. Like, it could have been one of those ones, like, because I haven't read the books since I was, like, a kid, like, around, like, 10 years old, give or take. So, and it's one of those ones I've been wanting to read them again recently, but, um, so it might have appeared in one of those. You just, it's always hard to keep up on everything after a while. Yeah, and then after like basically a speed uh, speedboat chase, they both end up on a uh, on a beach, and that's where they get more of these Oryu uh, agents coming in. They kill them all, and they they point guns at each other. They do the thing where they shoot past each other to shoot the guy behind them, and then they're like, okay, well let's temporarily work together, and that's where like I think Bond <laughs> blows up his like Lee's boat to get ahead, and from there we see M and Lee's main officer or boss basically trying to hash it out and try and figure out how are they going to do this and then we cut to bond coming in and another what is it what country is he parachuting into now aren't they in australia by this parachu- point maybe he's in australia he's yeah. parachuting down to like a base yeah yeah he's busting and of course who, who's also going to this base mr lee again you can just see bond's just like oh fucking this guy again everywhere i fucking go he's there so, of course, yeah, they can the never get along. Knives. It's just like that thing that's like, yo, these two dudes are too similar almost, so they're definitely not going to be friends. Because that's always that thing. You, you know what, like, in life, when people, like, they, they find somebody who seems like, they're like, oh, well, this guy really likes this, too. You guys would probably get along perfectly. Sometimes it's that weird thing that if you're almost too similar, you probably might not get along very well at all. Yeah, that, that's kind of a thing sometimes. And I wonder, because every so often, I mean, say this was a movie... People would probably be complaining that, well, why is he not paired up with, like, a hot lady or whatever, you know? Because I, I feel like if this was, most of the time, that would be the case. So, uh, but at the same time, I, I think that, I'm sure there might be a movie somewhere where he got paired up with another agent that he didn't agree with. And they worked together where um, Goldeneye was, like, 006. Like, we're friends. Like, no, we're not. <laughs> You know. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the Cold War, you know. Oh, oh okay. Well, I guess things have changed. I mean, yeah, well, this one really, it's like there's actually technically the only real lady in it, so it's either Money Penny or the, the girl with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> yeah. And not the girl with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no just, just another girl that happens to have a dragon tattoo. <laughs> and ba- they get into a quick little fight, and, you know, like, oh, yeah, so, well, once again, we. We meet again, Mr. Bond, you know, one of those kind of things. And then they, they don't kill each other, but I think Bond just shoots him in the shoulder and on to the next thing. And basically goes into, uh, from there... They go like that laboratory. That the, uh, the laboratory and the agent, the uh, the Asian lady, is basically trying to get the um, bomb disconnected from the Russian guy. And then that's where both... Lee, I think Lee and uh, 007, no, actually 007 bust in to interrupt it. Then Lee comes in at the last minute. Yeah, and then of course they just have like a big old fight once again. It's just like, Jesus Christ, these two agent guys. Like, you know you know that the girl with the dragon tattoo is like, God, I wish these guys would not just be like, just shooting up the place and you know, smoke's going out and they just don't give a fuck. <laughs> they just, they well, just I will fight. say it's an interesting <laughs> I will say it's an interesting concept because they do play it off in a way where at the end of the day, it's him and Odd Job on a job together, and they even have like that kind of pun kind of thing. like that thing they would do like in <laughs> old like, superhero movies. movies. Like, well, I mean, this is a good one, but it's still one of those things where like you know Jeff Bridges and Iron Man says like Tony, we don't do that. We're Iron Mongers, you know, <laughs> kind of like that. Or, or you get some, or you know, something like uh, there, there's plenty more examples that are escaping me at the moment but 
they do that thing like this is going to be an odd job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where it's like odd we're not job gonna... is in bold. <laughs> yeah, just, just so in case you missed that that saying, we uh, we, we really we, we also enlarged the font, so you know it's there. It actually is flashing like a neon sign. Even if you buy the print version, they, they put a battery in there just so you can see that. You know, that <laughs> MI6 technology they got behind it. But yeah, so well, it's anyway. But... So. Okay. Yeah, it, it was as they kind of continue on, you kind of realize like Money Penny shows up and like literally puts like an end, like "Yo, you guys are gonna fucking work together." No, no, it's fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, if I have to hear one more fucking bitchy complaint about Mister Lee taking over your fucking spotlight on this fucking episode, like, <laughs> we're gonna do the anime thing for a while, okay? Two hot-headed guys and woman. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, since I guess I am the woman, I will be it. So, you know, stand down. I got an M16. I'm going to blow your fucking heads off. <laughs> yeah, that was M's orders. And guess what? He's got a great costume. I can't tell you about it. But if you're dead, he's going to bury you in it. <laughs> he was at the rodeo last week, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and if you think it's Other thing I will say, it's not... It's not the whole costume he brought back with him, too. So no, narrow that down funny. however you may. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so now it's like I think what we learn now is that now they're going to work together, and then and now, now there's this fucking like island nation that's on like at, like 150 miles outside of like fucking San Francisco. And I was just like, oh shit, where'd this come out? Of? I'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, you didn't hear about this. <laughs> well, it don't matter because boom. <laughs> And then it's like, yo, yeah, I know. Well, I think they're they're kind of explaining, like, okay, well, you gotta be careful. We like we let these four guys bring their fucking like Huawei cell phones in here. God knows what they're gonna do with them. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love how it's like well, it's like Freedom months. Island. They're like they're like there's like literally like we got the new Statue of Liberty out there. You know when her hair's fucking flowing in the wind, she's fucking hot, she's fucking kick ass and whatnot. I mean, dude, you come to our fucking island outside of San Francisco, you don't pay fucking taxes, you don't pay fucking fees. You know what I mean? You get here, there's just somebody to fucking suck your dick. Man, woman, animal, you don't give a fuck. <laughs> You're like, oh, what's the Free downside of this island? Yeah. Oh, well, it might blow up at any moment. Security's real lax, so. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, if we decide that, like, hey, let's take a bunch of, like, broken down, you know, nuclear submarines, and let's just try to build a landmass on top of those, you know, just... You know, they built San Francisco on a bunch of rubble, so why can't we just do that out in the ocean on a bunch of nuclear subs that, you know, that really uh, served their time 30 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> um, I imagine, maybe I'm wrong here, I imagine this is probably something set up from a, uh older comic, or maybe a, uh, maybe even a 007 book or something, because it really does seem like they're going out of their way to manage to bring, like, this really cool concept. Like, Oh yeah, there's this um, outside of not not that far from San Francisco. There is this other like island that's just basically a free nation, does whatever it wants, and you know only the rich go there. And there's a lot of shady like deals that happen. Like that's an interesting concept, but don't fucking matter because it blows up right here as soon as like these uh, guys come in with their phones. So it's like oh okay well. Uh, maybe we're coming back to that later, or maybe that's something that was well, set up. Well, they don't technically books. blow it up. They talk about, like, this is what would happen if it blew up. Oh, I, bet, I thought it actually did blow up there, because we're, just, we're no, just waiting on the it, Russian right if, here. If you look at that one page of, like, the lady in the glasses... Oh, it's she, a simulation. Yeah. It's a simulation. She's that's, explaining, oh, okay. like, this Makes would be sense. the casualty amount is, you know, you'd lose $2.3 billion, which doesn't seem like a whole lot for that island. I'm, I'm, 2.3 billion? There's skyscrapers on it. It's not even a fucking island. It's a floating city. Like, I don't, like something out of fucking Final Fantasy out there. <laughs> like, I, w- I will say, like, t- you know what I mean? Like, that that island almost comes across, like, a l- like, it sounds weird, but, like, almost slightly far-fetched, because you got this really grounded in reality, like, 007 one, but it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's this ginormous fucking floating island. Like, it's literally, like, the size of San Francisco, just floating out there. Like, well, we're- what's it built on? <laughs> Like, it does sound weird in a way that, like, you'd have this concept for, how do we not know about this? And I guess you could say there's, like, just a private, like, island out there that's for the elite or something like that. Or maybe it's, 
I, I don't know. I, it, it does seem not, a little over the top compared to other things in this, but I mean... Because it's know, not even uh, an island. I think that's what throws me off, is it's it's literally like a... Because it says here it's a floating city-state. So that means it's like, what the fuck is it built on? <laughs> I mean, it would be one thing if it was like, you know, the size of like a large ship. But no, it's like the size of San Francisco. I mean, look, it's got bunch of skyscrapers out there and there's fucking boats driving up and yachts and shit yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. i just felt well, like all of a sudden like there's like a resort and everything out there you know it's like well, there's a lot going on for this island you just be like yeah like uh that elon that's just, musk owns one of those skyscrapers probably yeah just right out there what have you but um i can't remember does, does bond and like lee and money penny is, are, are they on that island now when it goes to it afterwards where they go to, like that karaoke bar and whatnot, and like Lee and I James. I think they're are still in of... Australia. They go to Australia because they go and they figure out where uh, where the Russian guy and the Dragon Lady are heading. And there's a bachelorette party, and they almost kind of figure out where where uh, their where um, where their enemy agents are staying, kind of in coordination with the bachelorette party. Because they're almost talking in a way where they're just saying like, "Oh, can we uh, find a way to actually kind of get uh, uh, the hotel, like a hotel room furthest away from those girls?" Unfortunately, those girls took up this whole floor over here. Those people that just went by, they are on one of the ends. Like, okay, okay, they almost it's some some way like that, you know. Yeah, it does a good job. Like, Money Penny kind of does the thing where it's like, oh, okay, well, they got the room over there. Well, that's cool. We'll take the one right next to it. Like, she's just casually doing it, but then she's able to see exactly which one it is. I thought that was kind of neat how it went down. And then um, and then you have Mr. Lee, like, takes one of, like, the drunk girls back, but he uses it so he can use her room to put the plant like a bug in there and whatnot. He goes so in could... there, he charms them, and he sings and bonds over there like, this fucking asshole coming in stomping on my parade fucking doing his Korean karaoke. I see how he's fucking doing. Just like, just give me a fucking martini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be pour honest, a Heineken in there, too. I, you know, I used to get sponsored by them. <laughs> I'll be honest, I like Lee. I, I think he's I, I a good character for this. I don't think he needs to be in every book, but I do like this character. Yeah, just I, I think just kind of like sort of like I, I like to assume that he's like Oddjob's son. I know I know he might be like a trainee, but like I almost like that more if that is Oddjob's son. I think that's just like an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Or he just he is the new Oddjob basically, and he's yeah. just going through. He takes one of the because these girls are all partying. Bond is there on the corner, like whatever, and he takes one of the girls back. And like you said, she's passed out drunk, and he and what he does is he just takes time to bug the room next to him because what they're doing is they're not actually bugging for like it's some super sci-fi shit they're not just like bugging it for sound it actually picks up sound waves and off the sound waves can make a hologram of what's going on it's like the sonar thing that in dark knight that morgan freeman yeah. just like really doesn't want to do <laughs> but hologram <laughs> yeah yeah so, no. so they gotta one-up them but, um, so yeah, as they kind of do that, they sort of learn what's going on, and then they, they kind of show up on, like, on a beach outside there, and then they get to kind of almost, like, sort of the Mexican standoff, you can almost sort of say, where the Russian guy's grabbing, like, the girl of the dragon tattoo, and just be like, well, just calm down, everybody. It's like, I've never shot a gun in my entire life. I've only been a terrorist for two weeks now, but I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm only on week two. Come on, just, just go easy on me. I, I still, still got a week and a half reading my, like, month-long course on terrorist school, but I think I got a pretty good <laughs> grasp on it. <laughs> they and had one they, of the guys that worked with Bin Laden. He came in as a speaker on my terrorist school, so I, I thought that was kind of informative. <laughs> he had some very interesting he had some very interesting tips they were very tense though it was a very tense awkward class like a <laughs> lot of heavy eye contact and a lot of pauses you thought Barack Obama had those nice pauses well this guy would pause for about like 30 seconds sometimes before he started talking again it was, it was kind of weird we all kind of like <laughs> skewed our chairs to a little back like there's a lot of room in that robe for something so let's just <laughs> scoot back just a little bit you know, he looks like he's 300 pounds underneath there, but then I saw his calves, and I was realizing, wait a second. No, there's something else there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway. 
some yeah. point he just at some point he paused, made eye contact with me, and rolled up his sleeves. So <laughs> I don't know what that was saying, but regardless, here we are now. But I'm about to get shot in the head. And the strangest thing is he had a fucking clown costume underneath that suit. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I don't know what that's about. It's how they do it in Afghanistan, I guess. Shit. I guess something Lon thought it was funny to bury him in a clown costume when they died too. Him and M had that in common. <laughs> he doesn't like to admit it, though. He just, you know. <laughs> Go to, like, one of those fucking fancy island meetings where just rich people get together and just, like, have, like, they're like, well, what are you fucking into? Well, my fetish is I like to bury people in fucking stupid clown and mime costumes <laughs> and send photos back to their family. All the people doing the eyes wide shut parties, like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Because they're just like laying their fucking oh, like, naked like a with, fucking like, masks on. <laughs> yeah. Like a court of owls come fluke, sw- like coming in. <laughs> okay, going this way. <laughs> no. They just got like that guy from Hostel who like, she looks like, I fucking love this place in here. Just, whoa, 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 dude, you're taking a little too far. Like, no, dude, the guy with the fucking clown thing, I thought that was fucking weird. I, I just like the blowtorch people. I mean, is that so yeah. bad? Yeah, that is kind of bad. Who brought the virgin blood? Who brought the virgin blood? Let's just change topic. Come on. (laughs) Fucking uh, freaks in the clown costumes. (laughs) There's a time where you, like, slit someone's throat and just have a blood orgy and be done with it. But no, they gotta go this extra fucking level. (laughs) But um, back to Bond on the beach with Mr. Lee and so on, and they get to their standoff, and then... (laughs) I don't want to have another tangent, but the way you said that, Bond on the beach, like, like... like, Ernest's day out, like, Ernest, like, Bond goes to the beach. <laughs> oh, someone got like, shot in the fucking even, head. Like, well, that, was, like a... that, that was probably what was going to happen if Bond went to the beach, even if it's his day off. It's just like you have the one where he's not going, oh, so he must be going to some crazy tropical island and stopping some kind of, like, slumlord or terrorist or something. Like, no, he just goes to the beach, has a nice day. How long is that movie? Two hours. I actually kind of like the idea of, of a Bond movie just called James Bond's Day Off. And it's like, you're going into it thinking it is. It's like, no, it's literally he just takes a day off, but he has a really fucking hard time with it. It's almost like a Woody Allen picture where there's like, not really a whole lot happens, but he's just kind of like going through like the moments. And so like somebody's like, you know, somebody gives him back the wrong change and he's like arguing with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, sir, it's it's okay. You know, here, here, just just take take it. I'm I'm fine. It's it's only sixty five cents. It's okay. <laughs> Slams like the fucking beer bottle his... down. <laughs> All they had was Heineken. They didn't. Have, they could. They were out of like. They couldn't make a martini because it was only. It was only. It was a pub. It didn't have hard liquor. And then yeah, they, they, someone dings the car to his Aston Martin, or dings yeah. the door to his Aston Martin. So it's just like it's just these things, and he has to go fucking down to like the DMV, and file like a complaint. He's calling. He's like trying to get a hold of through of like his insurance, his like insurance, insurance agency, company. like just like very mundane. What's your name, James Bond? Yeah, it's like that name is not showing up in our records. Fuck, <laughs> so he can't reveal his real identity to the world. Yeah, one of those ones, but um. Back to Bond on the beach with Mr. Lee, blowing fucking heads out. And it, I love how they just, like, blast us, like, they're like, shit, that case could go, oh, well, I, I guess it doesn't blow up, you know, well, good to know. <laughs> and then, like, I think something they already acknowledged that it was being decoded, and they got it done, essentially, in the uh, hotel room. And that's yeah. where, yeah, the terrorist gets shot in the head, Bond's about to shoot the lady, but then he shoots the gun out of her hand. He starts, and then Lee starts chasing after the lady. Like, no, she's gonna change. Trust me. And I think from there, he has where he opens up the thing. And like, oh, this thing's filled with gold and this gold dragon statue. Yeah. And then they kind of go in to explain to like this gold statue is like made in like twelve hundred like eighty or whatever. And it's like people have been fighting over this thing for fucking years. You know, what I mean, it's worth. I like it's like they have a specific number. It's like worth like two hundred million dollars. And it's just like. I mean, that, that seems like a lot, but 007 villains, like, that seems like that's, like, chump change almost, you know what I mean? Like, $200 million? Like, they're fighting over a $200 million statue thing? Like, I feel like a, a 007, it's like, that sounds like a Dr. Evil plan. 
Yeah, yeah. Like they could have a they could be raising for a higher number by then. Um, I will say though, it does make sense where it's going because it's you realize as it goes on, like we'll we'll get to that part, we we'll get to that part. But then once um, we just jump ahead and we're just basically getting exposition from the whole MI6 crew, and we learn that Bond is still in jail in Australia and Lee is still doing his job and he has the statue now. So, and he's basically willing to make a deal to kind of trade the statue to get that agent back. Because we realized that lady was somebody that he was good friends with in training. And then a few years ago, she got captured and went through their mind control thing where they're injecting pain and endorphins into them, depending on how well they follow an order. So, her whole thing, and she, she makes the point, he makes the point, that, like, she saw me multiple times and did not react. And she had a moment to shoot me, but she wasn't shooting at me. She was shooting at Bond. So I think there's a way we can reach her. So, and his 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 M is more or less like, oh, fuck, all right, do whatever you got to do. And then from there, that's where they're, the lady is delivering the, uh, delivering something. I don't remember, no, she's not delivering. She's meeting up with uh, her employer, and that's where Lee comes in, kills a bunch of people, and tries to save her. And she is kind of there, like, she helps him for a minute, but then she, like, flees and gets out of there. It, like, kicks him in the face or something. Yeah, she takes that, like, golden dragon statue with her, right? Mm-hmm. And he's using the uh, odd job hat again by this point as a weapon. Yeah, he's got the bowler hat on and so on, so that's pretty cool. And I, oddly, it's like, I like how, like, they, they were in, like, karate school together, which I was like, oh... I thought they were Chinese, but they're doing karate. I'm just so used to Bruce Lee movies, like, God forbid they would ever be doing that. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Oh, they're learning a little bit of everything, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I guess it's not fucking 1960s anymore, but... <laughs> I mean, well, they could be doing... They, the, 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 I'll say this, the kind of uh, gi you would wear in Taekwondo is very similar to karate oh, gi, so... That's true, I was going to say, so that's probably what it is. It's tight. They're pro- they are probably doing Taekwondo. That is a high kick. Because I, 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 I forgot in the very beginning they're they're speaking Korean, you know. So. Yeah. So that so, so that makes yeah she she is doing it she is definitely doing the Taekwondo kick. He's just fucking punching that dude in the fucking face. Like they're like, dude, it's a fucking sparring match. You didn't need to break his fucking face. In. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that he was, literally that was punched fun. that guy in training harder than the panel beforehand where he's fighting like the you know like the criminal guys. He gave that guy like the soft like I'll hit you across the you know. The side of the cheek, like you're like my, my nephew. You yeah, know well, that guy, that asshole took the last green tea pudding in the cafeteria. So fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. He's good. He's never gonna fucking be able to eat that green tea pudding again. He's gonna be having them you wired want, shut. You want, you want to eat this green tea pudding? Guess what? It's the only thing you'll be able to eat for the rest of your fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, it's their- your fucking jaw. Yeah, in their training, and then so on. Then you see after she takes the the, drag, the golden dragon statue, and she's like, yo. She, they always keep talking about it. They're like, oh, we've got to go to Oro Prime or whatever, which sounds like some fucking, like, Megatron-like base. Sounds like a, this sounds like a Transformers villain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and when you get there, you realize, like, who she hand off gold to? I don't know. I think they should have they really surprised you been like, oh, shit. Like, the red herring was going to be Goldfinger. But instead, it's like, oh, no, she's handed off to, like, Scaramanga or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, I actually wasn't expecting Goldfinger. I mean, it makes sense in the long run, but I, I wasn't sure where this book was. I'm like, well, it's a new odd job, so it's probably, you know, maybe it's not meant to be the odd job we see in the movies, as far as I can tell. So maybe it's going to be someone else totally new or whatever. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. It's Goldfinger, though, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, like, kind of makes because I wasn't actually expecting that really either, too, because it, this book, I will say, it's like it does have that thing where, like, I I really couldn't pinpoint like where everything was sort of going. Not like in a bad way, like story wise, but I mean just like 007 wise. When I'm just comparing my 007 notes in my head to this, it just kind of felt like, okay, well, where, where is this taking place at? Because I would have almost thought by looking at the cover, I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be like in the Daniel Craig universe, but it's like a side story. Like that's what I would have kind of guessed, you know, being 2018, mm-hmm. 19, whatever it is, you know. But then it's like, oh shit, here's Goldfinger. But like, for some reason, Goldfinger really—he almost looks younger than he fucking looked like in the movies. It's like, so I, I'm I, guessing this is its own universe, and they're just kind of like, and this is one where the bad guy doesn't die at the end, where the bad guy kind of gets away. So we'll, we'll get the Goldfinger Doctor No team up. We'll get the 
Jaws and uh, Bambi and Thumper team up or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I do. I do think that's sort of where it's kind of going. You know, <laughs> well, we just came out. He's in like a fucking Transformers outfit, like. Like, oh, shit, they weren't kidding up that Oro Prime thing. Well, shit, we had the fucking floating well, island. You didn't think we are going to have fucking Transformers in this, too? Well, how is that different from Die Another Day with a costume the guy's in at the end of that movie? Oh, yeah, well, well that was the one, too, where he definitely had, like, like give me the superhero suit. Why? It's 2003. <laughs> we got to catch in on this wave. X-Men's popular. Yeah, give me an X-Men suit. I, I want to stand up like Magneto did at the very end of the movie. And that's where we jump forth further ahead and, like, Bond is getting out of prison because he's fucking Bond. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, just, like, sometimes I feel like M just leaves. He's like, just leave Bond in there for a week. He just kind of, you know, it's good for him to be in prison. Not good for the inmates, but it's good for Bond. Well, he gets a, he gets, he gets a phone call and he just gets that fuck you with the jacket over the shoulder smiling, like, at ease, boys, walking by. And goes back to London, like, the fuck you doing in London? We're going back to, uh, where is he? They go back to, oh, they actually go to Oxford. That's right. They go to Oxford. And that's where it was interesting because it seemed kind of like, are they capturing, like, students and doing, is that, are they, like, because he goes to Oxford and there's, like, some, like, fucking evil bad guy dungeon down at the bottom of Oxford. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I thought, too. And, like, it's just got, like, a padlock on it, like, keeping it sealed up. Nothing, nothing too stressful for security. And that's where Bond comes in, and then Lee comes in. There's like a young guy on the on the table with something on his neck, and like they're gonna do the whole like implant thing on this guy. So it leads me to believe that they're probably picking up. I don't think they flat out said it, but I think they're picking up like promising young people for agents to like yeah. can basically yeah. They're almost like Kingsmaning it, but like you know, sort of like. They're, like, they're doing the weird thing where they're like, okay, it's like getting child soldiers, but now they're old enough that, like, you know, it's not like, well, it's like grab a bunch of 10-year-olds, like Liquid Snake, and just forcing them to do, like, you know, your will. It's nicer. They're they're 20 years old. They can make their own fucking decisions. They're out of the house. We'll just put this implant on their neck and call it good. <laughs> Shit, all I have to do is buy them, like, a fucking keg of beer, and they'll all sign. Yeah, I'll fucking do it, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's really one of those ones. Carry like, this fucking bomb, carry this bomb into a crowd and leave it? Shit, I'll do that for a beer. Yeah, all right. These fucking college students are much cheaper than child soldiers. Like, a 10-year-old nowadays, like, he told me he wanted an iPad, iPad Pro. Not even just a regular iPad. He looked at me like I was cheap because I brought in a Mini. <laughs> <laughs> fucking... You know what? I go get a fucking keg of Keystone Light, and they don't give a fuck in college. He he said <laughs> he said he wanted the new like Nintendo handheld. So I'm like, I don't know. Is he talking about the DS? He looks at me like, what the fuck is this? Looks at me like I'm some like I'm a fucking leper, and I'm like, what the fuck? Isn't this the new one? He's like, no, I need the new 3DS. I'm like, there's a fuck. What the fuck is that shit? <laughs> it's like, well, I, just I, got I didn't know when I went to the store just, that they're going to stop making them all of a sudden, and now they got the Switch Lite thing. It's just too fucking confusing. Like, just let me go get a college kid. You know, beer has worked for the last, like, 10,000 years for hiring anybody in college. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it's written on, like, fucking ancient Egyptian walls. I mean, like, how do you get people to fucking build a pyramid? Well, you just give them a lot of beer first, and then they'll sign up to do anything. <laughs> He's even like... Shit, they even got a like, woolly mammoth up on the wall that's fucking drinking beer. It's like, yeah, he signed. He didn't know what he was getting into. Hey, I bet these kids, you know what? I bet they'll really work hard for some for some whiskey barrel stout. Fuck that shit. Coors Light. Yeah, yeah well, you think we're made out of fucking money? Yeah, we literally are. We're sitting on it right now. Oh, oh. That's well, fuck them. They're, they're getting Keystone and Coors Light. Maybe Miller Light. Maybe, maybe some Rolling Rock if we... Feel a little bit zesty. <laughs> I mean, I guess the worst part is we have to import that from America, but fuck it. <laughs> they got those connections. So fucking and Bond, Bond and Lee are down there, and they're just fucking out. shooting up underground Oxford. <laughs> and then from there, they get the kid uh, some help, and he's rolling out there. And they come over to... Um, 
that's where they come in and they find Goldfinger. And he's just basically watching a furnace and jerking off, more or less. Saying, <laughs> I love gold. Basically, uh, not, not that far off from gold member in, uh, in Austin Powers. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's one of those ones because he takes like the, he's like, here's the statue from the last thousand years that people have been fighting over for the fucking, you know, $22 million or whatever the fuck it's worth. You know, he's like, it's a fucking disgrace to make anything out of gold. Don't you know that I like it pure? It's got to be better. Mr. Lee, wouldn't you agree? You could shoot me right now and you could be off and living like a fat cat for the rest of your life if you had it. But no, I'm going to take it. I'm going to melt it down and put it in a gold block. That's the way gold should be. You, you think by the way he talks about how pure gold is and so on, he would like it like fucking natural. Like, no, no, no. Once it comes out of the mountain, you fucking leave it like the way that God fucking intended. <laughs> but he, he's one of the ones he's like, no, no, yeah. no. I, I like it melted down. I like it in nice, even, you know, rectangular squares that if I had to, I could put it in my back pocket. This shit's not cut? It's not stepped on? All right, all right. Wheel it in. He just, like, does the fucking thing, like, fucking chips, peas off, taste it, like, it's in it, like a fucking, like, Coke deal. He's like, mm, load it up, we're good, yeah. So his Goldfinger just fucking melts this statue that pretty much makes it, like, that $220 million or whatever the fuck it was worth. Pretty much now it's just worth whatever, like, fucking, like, 16 ounces of gold is worth or whatever. <laughs> Look at this choker-ass picture of him when they actually throw the fucking dragon into the furnace. This fucking choker-ass picture of him. Like, he even has his eyebrows with the way the shading is right there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> his smile and so on is fucking just like, let's make a smile on him. <laughs> just, like, are you happy, dude? Like, I, I really are you think happy? <laughs> he only they, talks they, they... through his teeth. That next panel down, they should have just put his hand down. I mean, like, it would have been kind of blocked, so you couldn't really say for sure what he was doing, but he literally should look like he's fucking jerking off into the smelter. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, you're at the fucking end of the book. You could do it right there, right? Come on. (laughs) They they made it this far. You got, like, three pages to go. (laughs) He's in there, like, jerking off over this thing, listening to Neil Young's Heart of Gold on repeat. (laughs) I'm looking for a heart of gold too. Been to Hollywood, been to Redwood. Fuck yeah. Just fucking beating it off and whatnot. And then of course Mr. Lee gets fucking knocked out. And that's fucking that's kind of just about it. Actually, I, there, there was there was a part earlier on, I think we must have missed it, but like I think it was when they were in Oxford, but there's a part where Bond literally does like he does like the judo chop from like Goldeneye, like the Bond chop. But it almost the way <laughs> that it was drawn, it looked like he just slapped the guy upside the fucking head. <laughs> you fucking idiot! Stop. That's enough to make him faint. Like, I wish we, we you could do that. Like, if someone just pisses you off, like, you know, go to sleep. Just slap him beside the head. And just face plant down to the ground. You, you give him the old Vulcan neck pinch. Yeah. That shit. <laughs> but um, but boom! Right there is where Volume One kind of ends. Fucking Mister Lee's knocked out on the ground. So obviously, whatever. Maybe this Goldfinger and Old Odd Job, I don't know if they're uh, kind of in cahoots or what have you. We haven't really learned their whole relationship here. But, um, yeah, I, I think it is kind of a fun, interesting start. I definitely enjoyed this book. You know, as I said, trying to wrap your head around where this exactly fit. I just, after a while, you just go, okay, it's a brand new 007 thing. Don't, don't try to question it with anything else, you know. But, um, no, I thought it was interesting. The artwork's fucking sick in it, you know. Um, I mean, Bond always looks like Batman, but cool stuff mm-hmm. all the way around. Yeah, uh, we'll be sure to cover Volume 2. Hopefully Volume 2 doesn't end in a cliffhanger. But that was... I was like, oh, well, now we definitely got to do it. Because we were talking about doing like, maybe one, like two different Bond things. But I think we got to do Volume 2 to just cover this thing up. <laughs> yeah, because the, the way this one ends, fucking Goldfinger jerking off in the smelter. Mr. Lee knocked out. Fuck, we don't know if it's a girl with a dragon tattoo. Really, what's going on there? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was sick, and you know, since we're not getting the 007 movies, I guess uh, comic books and uh, other stories are always the next best thing. I mean, there's always you always have a Bond marathon here and there, and you, you sort of sometimes forget how many comic books there is a 007. Oh, I'm sure there's even ones before this point. There'd be ones like just tied into movies or things, or even just kind of like. That kind of little, like, you know, James Bond Jr., for God's sakes, you know? 
Yeah, oh, I, I got a James Bond Jr. VHS, and then I have some of the ones from, like, the Roger Moore comic era. Like, um, mm-hmm. I got, there's a couple I have that's, like, uh, For Your Eyes Only and some other some other ones, too, from, you know, old, olden day 007 stuff. But, um, yeah, fun things to have, more fun, good times. Uh, beyond all that, go to oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, comic books like Pizza Boys and all that other fun jazz. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we will see you some other time. Later, folks. <laughs>